I want to ask you to turn to Luke chapter 17 and Psalm 150. So we're going to begin in Luke 17, and then we will flip over at some time in the message to Psalm 150. So if you'll put a marker at Psalm 150 and open your Bibles to Luke 17. We're in a series entitled Elevate, Breaking Through to New Levels in Life. And we're talking about five levels. You can see them on the banners up here. Faith, family, finances, freedom, and fun. And we're taking four weeks on each one. How to go to a new level in your faith, your relationship with God. How to go to a new level in your family. We'll begin that next week. By the way, Pastor Jimmy Evans will be here next weekend to start that four-week series on family. If you've heard him, you don't want to miss it. Because there's, there's, there's not a better communicator I know of that's more practical and, and funnier than Jimmy Evans when it comes to family. And so he'll be here next weekend to start off that four-week session, all right? But we're talking about this is our last one on how to go to a new level in our faith, our personal relationship with God. And I'm really excited about this title, and I I really believe it. I didn't just try to come with a catchy title. I really believe what I'm telling you. This week the title is The Shortcut to a New Level. Now, wouldn't it be great if there was something you could do that immediately, it was like a shortcut in the kingdom that would take you to a new level. Uh, two weeks ago, I preached on the 15-minute breakthrough. How many, I want to know how many of you are having good quiet times in the past couple of weeks. Can I see your hands? Good, good. That's wonderful. And so anyway, I'm talking about a shortcut. How many of you have ever climbed or walked up a mountain? Can I see your hands? All right. How many of you have ever ridden a tram or ski lift or gondola up a, a mountain? Can I see your hands? Okay. Which is funner? Now, if you say walk, you're just sick. That's all there is to it. You're just, something's wrong with you. You need help. It's, it's faster, it's quicker, it's easier, you know, to go on the, on the seat up. And that's my favorite way to go, okay? That in the same way, wouldn't it be great if there were a, a tram to a higher level in God? Something you could do that would immediately take you to a new level. I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you about it today. There is something simple and practical you can do, and you will instantly, instantly, not even even in a week, instantly you'll go to a new level if you do this. I'm going to tell you about the first time it happened to me. Debbie and I grew up Baptist, and I I absolutely love Baptist churches. I love the foundation, the doctrine. I went to, to a Baptist Bible college. Wonderful foundation. But... The churches that we grew up in were, were good churches, but they weren't like some of the Baptist churches today, you know, in our area, such as Fellowship and Prestonwood and some of these very uh, alive churches that are really reaching people and doing something. We didn't grow up in a church like that. church we grew up in was, you know, had the cemetery next door, and, and it, it was just, it was, it was kind of like they were saying, we're one step above, you know, next door. And so... Anyway, we, we got, I got saved, she got saved at nine, I got saved at nineteen, we got married, and I was, uh, we were, we were married when I got saved. And so I get saved, and we, God just led us to this alive Baptist church. We'd never been to one like this. It was just powerful, and, and people were getting saved, and it was great, and, but there was one, one thing, though, that was a little different. During, during the songs, some of the people actually Lifted their hands, you know, and, and we'd never seen that before. And I remember thinking, you know, the church is so good. I can, I guess, I can put up with a few crazy people, you know. And so we we kept going. And then one Sunday it happened. The the song leader, the music director, you know, he he made this statement. He said, you know, God's presence is so powerful here today. 
If you've never lifted your hands in worship, you might want to lift your hands today. And I remember thinking, the audacity of this man to to say that and to put me on the spot like this, you know? I mean, I want to lift my hands someday when I'm in heaven, you know? I'll lift my hands, but but not on earth, and certainly not when someone's watching, you know, and not in church. And I just can't, and, and you know, now I'm in trouble, because either way I'm, I'm in trouble. If I don't do it, I, then I don't look spiritual, because other people are doing it, and if I do do it, then there's the end of my reputation, you know, and I'm labeled from now on as a crazy, and, you know, I just, you know, why did you do this, man? I, I remember having this battle, I thought, why? Why? I mean, I wasn't ready for this. Why would you... You know, let me do this in my own time. And I'm going through this battle. And by the way, I was seated on the second row and no one was on the front. And if you remember, if you've ever been in a church, you've got to get there early to get the good back row seats, you know. And if you, the later you came, the more up to the front you had to sit. So I'm on the second row, no one on the front, and I'm in the middle seat right in front of the pulpit. And I had preached at this church. I was a Baptist evangelist. So I, everyone knew me, you know. So I thought, this is just, I just can't believe this. And then, while I'm going through this argument in my mind... This little voice said, hey, <laughs> hey, he said, after all I've done for you, how I saved you, you want me to remind you what I saved you out of? No, no, you don't have to remind me of that. Okay, after all I've done, and you won't lift your hands to me, because you're concerned about what other people think. So I said, okay, okay, Lord, I will lift my hands to you. So I did. I remember I went just like this. That was my first time. Now, the first, that was all I got the first day, by the way. None of this stuff the first day. Just like that. And I remember thinking, first thought I had was, everyone's looking at me. Everyone's looking at me. Everyone's looking at me. And then something happened. I sensed his presence like I had never sensed his presence before. Because I was willing to take a chance. I was willing to go farther in my experience with God. Something happened that day in my heart. I was never the same after that day. That's the shortcut. Listen to me. Here's the shortcut. Expressing your worship to God. I promise you, no matter how long you've been saved or where you are in your spiritual walk, you come into a worship service and you begin expressing what's in your heart. Can you imagine being in a marriage and never expressing your love to each other? You know, I love you, it's in my heart, but I'm never going to express it to you. I'm never going to hold you, never going to tell you I love you. What kind of marriage would that be? Well, why be married to the Lord and never express our love to Him? And so that's what I want to talk to you about. I want to show you a story in the Bible. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Luke 17, verse 11. Now it happened as He went to Jerusalem that He passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood far off. They had to stand far off because that was the law, that leprosy was very contagious. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the, uh, the other nine? Were there not any found to return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Now remember this statement, your faith 
has made you well. The others were cleansed. This one was made well. And I'm going to show you in a minute what that means. All right, so here's some things I want to tell you about worship. Number one, it's right to express our worship. It's right to express our worship. Verse 13, they lift up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Matthew 20, verse 30 says, And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. Watch what happens. Verse 31, Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet. But they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. So Jesus stood still. Notice what stops Jesus is worship. And called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. And immediately, immediately, their eyes received sight and they followed him. Okay, all ten of these lepers and these two blind men went to a new level. They were all healed. They had their lives changed. Why? Because they didn't listen to the crowd. They cried out. They worshipped Jesus when he was passing by. The reason that they did was because Jesus was their only hope. I wonder sometimes in worship, if we don't cry out to God over our daughter or over our son or over our marriage, I wonder if we don't cry out to God today because we have medicine and we have psychologists and we have knowledge and we have all these other things and we don't realize Jesus is still our only hope. He's still our only hope today. And if you have a situation that's desperate, that what to do is exactly what these guys did, and that's when we come into the presence of God, say, Lord, you're my only hope, and cry out to God. And that's what they did. So they had a breakthrough. Now, the number one reason that I believe that we don't express our worship to God is fear of what other people think. I think that's the number one reason. And can I tell you, there's a problem with that. If you fear people, you really don't fear God. See, the word fear means honor or respect. And, and let me tell you the difference between the fear of God and the fear of man. The fear of God simply means that you care more about what God thinks than what others think. And when you get in worship and you're wondering, what, what's my wife going to think if I do this? What, what's my children going to think? What, what, what's my neighbor going to think? What's this person going to think that I don't even know that's sitting beside me? You're fearing people rather than fearing God. And by the way, if you fear God, you don't fear anything else. If you have a problem with fear, you need to read in the Bible about the fear of God. And, you, and, and I had one lady one time tell me, she said, well, Pastor Robert, I taught on the fear of the Lord. At the end of the message, she came. She was just waiting the whole time to come up to me. At the end of the message, she comes up. She said, I want to tell you something. You know, she's, all, she's riled up. I want to tell you something. She said, I don't fear God. Just like that. I don't fear God. And I said to her, well, ma'am, as nicely as I can tell you this, when it comes to wisdom, you haven't even gotten the first base. Because the Bible says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And now I felt like the Lord just spoke something to me. And I said to her, I said, can I tell you why you don't fear God? And why it makes you mad when I talk about the fear of God? I said, I'm talking about honor and respect. I said, you know why it makes you mad? She said, why? I said, well, I think it's because the Holy Spirit told me that you were abused by your father. And she started crying. I said, and your brothers and your uncle. And she just started bawling. And I said, you don't fear God because you hate him and you hate men. And I said, the Lord wants you to set you free from that today. And I prayed with her and the Lord ministered to her. 
We have all these hang-ups. Can I tell you, when you fear God, you quit worrying about what other people think. When you think more, you need to think more about what God thinks. When we come into worship service, quit worrying about what your neighbor thinks. Start thinking about what God thinks. I, this happens to me, too. Okay, it happens to me, too. I, um, I, I've, I've expressed my worship now for 20-something years. But we were in a service uh, here at Gateway one time. And someone said to me, uh, you see that guy over there? He's from a very conservative background, very traditional background. This is his first time in a church like this. I said, okay. Well, it ended up that the guy was sitting right behind me. I was across the sanctuary and told him in my chair. When I went over to set my chair, he's right behind me. Well, we enter into worship, and I start, you know, worshiping God like this, just worshiping God. And this, this voice, you know, this, this voice says, you know, wonder what this guy thinks. wonder what this guy, I mean, what is, you know, you, you might turn him off, you know. And, I mean, I had all sorts of thoughts going on my mind. He can't even see the PowerPoint because your hands, you know. I mean, I just, you know, everything going through my mind. And, uh, and it wasn't really what he thought of me. It, that was not what I was thinking. It was that I didn't want him to be turned off by our style of worship and not come back. Because I know we can help people. Even believers who love the Lord but are in a traditional church and don't understand about deliverance, and don't understand about life in the Spirit, and don't understand that Jesus can help you not just in heaven but on this earth. So I wanted him to come back. I didn't want to turn him off. So that's what I was thinking, you know. I was thinking, I hope he doesn't get turned off because of our expressions of worship. And, and then I remember thinking, I thought, you know, if I could just talk to this guy and tell him my past, if I could just tell him what Jesus saved me out of, he would understand. I mean, if I told him my past, he would say, well, yeah, I understand why you worship, and you ought to, you know. You ought to be real grateful, you know, that you're saved, you know. If I could just tell him. And so I, I kind of had a little relief. I thought, well, you, maybe he's heard my testimony. Maybe he knows Pastor Gateway Church used to be real bad, and that's, he's just kind of, you know, that's the way he is. And he just really loves Jesus. And so, so I was worshiping, I thought, well, yeah, maybe he understands why I'm expressing my worship so much. And for some reason, I just kind of opened my eyes and I noticed my wife beside me doing this, you know, just worshiping God. And I thought, well, what about her? <laughs> I mean, why she, do, you know, how can I explain this, you know? I, I got saved at 19 in a motel room called Jake's Motel. Let me tell you something about Jake's Motel. No stars. <laughs> but they did provide pets. That's Jake's Motel. Okay, it's not a high-dollar place. I get saved out of drugs, out of immorality, out of a very bad lifestyle in a motel room at 19. She got saved at nine years old in her grandmother's living room watching Billy Graham on TV. She got delivered from bubble gum. You understand? So, so I'm, I'm having this thought. I'm thinking... You know, well, it's understandable that I'm expressing my worship of God because, you know, what I got to say, but, you know, what about her? And you know what the Lord spoke to me? The Lord said to me, listen to me. I mean, just like it, listen to me. He said, the same grace that saved you out of sin saved her from sin. She's just as grateful that she got saved as you are because she got saved from that. She didn't have to go into it. Because of my grace, you understand? And by the way, this applies to you. No matter what your background is, you ought to be grateful to be in the house of God. And you should be expressing your worship to the one that died for you and saved you. Listen, I'm not recommending movies. I understand that. We, we've never understood what Jesus went through. If you did see the passion, 
It ought to move you to know what he went through for you. And for you to come to church and stand there and not be able to express your... You know what people say to me? Well, it's just not my personality. Here, this men, men say this. You know, men say something like this. It's just not my personality to do that. And then they do that. What? what? We scored a touchdown? All right! <laughs> Listen, if you can get excited about a big, dumb, ugly guy... Carrying a pig across a chalk line. You should be able to get excited about being redeemed from eternal hell to eternal heaven. It's right to express our worship. Here's the second thing I want to tell you. It's wrong not to express our worship. I'm going to take this farther. It's not just right. It is wrong not to express your worship. You know why? Because the Bible tells us to. So it's wrong to disobey the Bible. Let me show you something that happened with these lepers. Verse 14 says, So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. He told them to do something. Now, this is the theme of having a breakthrough in any area of your life. You want a breakthrough in your marriage, breakthrough in your family, breakthrough in your finances, whatever it is. Here's the two things you've got to do. Pray and obey. You've got to hear God and obey. You've got to do what God says. You can't just pray. You've got to obey. Faith and works. Okay, same thing. They prayed, Lord, have mercy on us. Jesus spoke to them, and then they obeyed. What if they hadn't have gone? What if they had not have gone and showed themselves to priests? Well, they say, oh, we don't need to do that. We're not healed. You don't show yourself to priests till you're healed. What if they had reasoned among themselves? They didn't. They said, well, he said to. And as they went, that's what the Bible says, as they went, they were healed as they obeyed. So that's what I'm saying to you. You have to obey. You have to go a step farther. It is the same with worship. If you want to have a breakthrough, you can't just worship in your heart. You are spirit, soul, and body. And people say, well, I worship in my spirit. Well, what about your soul? What about your mind, your will, and your emotions? Why not get your emotions involved? And what about your body? You express your, your love to others. You hug someone. Why not express your love to the Lord with your body? Think about this. What do you think? We're talking about lifting hands. What do you think and, and expressing our worship? When, if you're a parent, if you are a grandparent, what do you do when you walk in the room and your child or your grandchild does this? Say, what do you do? You say, that's charismatic. Listen, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. That's charismatic. People think you're charismatic. Don't do that. No, you don't do that, do you? What do you do? You say, come, come, hold people. Here, come here. You like that. You think God likes it? When His children do like this? And when His children in their hearts say, I don't care what anyone else thinks. I want to tell you, I love you. He does. He likes it. And you will experience an immediate breakthrough if you begin to do it. These expressions of worship that we're talking about are not charismatic expressions. They're not Pentecostal expressions. They're Bible expressions. Let me, let me show you a few verses. We'll get to Psalm 150 in a moment. Psalm 47, verse 6. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. Y'all think we ought to sing praises? You kind of pick that up in that verse. Listen, if the Bible says sing, you ought to... Oh, you ought to that's pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, you ought to sing immediately. If the Bible says sing, it doesn't matter if you're a good singer. Just sing. 
Psalm 47, verse 1. Oh, clap your hands, some of you crazy people. No, what does it say? All. Clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. There's clapping and shouting, two expressions of worship in the same verse. These are not Pentecostal expressions. These are Bible expressions. Psalm 134, verse 2. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. It doesn't say lift up your hands in a very private place where no one is watching and bless the Lord. This is a command. This is in the imperative form. Lift up your hands and bless in the sanctuary. And bless the Lord. Make the Lord feel good. That's bless the Lord. Make the Lord feel. Make the word bless even means, comes from the root word, which means happy. Make the Lord happy. If you could do something that would make God happy, would you do it? Yes, Lifting your hands makes Him happy. Alright, now look at Psalm 150. You might have to flip over. Hopefully you got a marker there. Psalm 150, verse 1. Let all things praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. That's when we come to church. Praise Him in His mighty firmament. That's when you're outside of the church. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Let's not say that one too loud. Can you believe the word dance is in the Bible? You know, I grew up, and this is what they said, a dancing foot and a praying knee don't belong on the same leg. You ever heard that one? Well, can I tell you something? Yes, they do. Satan did not invent dancing. God did. God did. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with very soft cymbals. Pardon me. Loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath. That's you for a few more years. (laughs) Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Is that good? Let me show you another verse where Jesus actually talks about dancing. Luke 7, verse 31, the Lord said, To what then shall I liken the men of this generation? What are they like? They're like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another, saying, We played the flute for you, but you did not dance. We mourned to you, and you did not weep. Now, can I tell you what he's saying? He's talking about the Jewish people at that time. And to me, when I read this, it goes along with another passage where he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How often I wanted to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. And then he made this statement to him: You're missing the time of your visitation. You're missing it. And you know what I think this is saying? He's saying you didn't dance and you didn't mourn. Here's what he's saying. At my birth, you should have danced. I'm the Messiah. I'm the one you've been praying for for all these years. I'm the one you've been waiting for. You should have rejoiced at my birth, but you didn't. Just a few shepherds did. You should have rejoiced. The whole nation should have rejoiced. And at my death, you should mourn, but you won't. You're missing the time of your visitation. Now, do you understand how you miss the time of your visitation and when the time of your visitation is? It's very, very simple. The time of your visitation is when you're alive. This is your visitation. 
This is your chance to praise God on this earth. This is your chance to live for God on this earth. This is your chance to do something for God on this earth. You're never going to have another chance. This is your chance. You got, you, this is your chance to express your worship to God. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? What are you going to do? Are you going to get in a church that's going on with God and doing something and reaching people and you use your gifts, whatever gifts you have to minister to people and help people? Or are you going to let tradition hold you back for the rest of your life? I'm talking about expressing our worship to God. What, what validates expressions of worship? Let me ask you that. What, let me say it this way, too. What validates extravagant expressions of worship? I don't know if you've ever been in a church where, you know, people were shouting and clapping and dancing and maybe even running around or something, and, and you thought to yourself, this, this is a show. I mean, this is just a show. And you didn't have a, a witness of your spirit. Have you ever been in church like that? Okay. What, what validates expressions of worship? Listen to me. It's real simple. His presence. His presence. If you go to church and God's not there and there's all these expressions of worship, it's just a show. It is just a show. But if you go to church and some people are lifting their hands and you've never seen that, and some people are bowing down or doing some sort of expression, but you sense His presence, that, that's what validates those expressions. You see? Let me give you an illustration. Debbie and I have some friends that are from New Zealand. And the wife loves the Queen of England. I, I don't know why. She just... Loves the Queen of England. She has pictures of the Queen of England. And, and, and she told us about this time she went to see the Queen of England. First time to ever see her, you know, in person. And, and it was a big parade thing. And so she, she dragged, she drug her husband down there, you know. And he just went just to support his wife, you know. And they got down there and all, everyone was already there. They thought they got there early. And she's real short. She's shorter than Zacchaeus, probably. She's real short. And she couldn't find a, a place, you know, to every, every place that, that you could climb up on to get a better vantage point to see was taken. And so she, and, and uh, on top of cars and everything. So they walked for blocks to find a place for her to see the queen. And they finally, she finally found this place. She saw a place where no one had climbed up on. It was a trash dumpster. <laughs> wonder why no one had climbed up on it. But anyway, she, it was the only place. So she climbs up on top of the trash dumpster. And in a few moments, the queen comes by. When the queen comes by, she starts jumping up and down. Hey! Waving her arms. Clapping, you know. Shouting. All, hey! Hey! You know, of course, everybody's doing it. She's doing it. Now, if the queen had not been passing by, and you were walking down the street... And saw a lady on top of a trash dumpster, jumping up and down and shouting and waving her arms, what would you think? Yeah, you know, a little off, okay, right? Okay. What validated her extravagant expressions of worship? The queen, right? And by the way, no one was watching her. No one was looking at her because they were all doing the same thing because the queen was there. Well, here's my question for you. Every week when we come together to worship, the king passes by. My question is, what are you doing when the king's passing by? No one was turned around watching this woman. No one was watching her because the queen was passing by. I wonder if sometimes in our worship service, if we get distracted by someone else, and then we go out in the car and maybe you get in the car with your spouse and you say, did you see that guy during worship? It's just so distracting. I couldn't even worship. Did you see that? 
And I wonder sometimes if your spouse is thinking, did you miss him? Did you miss him? The king was there today. I had this encounter with God, and you were watching someone else while the king passed by? See? Now, let me say this. Um, Every time I preach, there's both ends of the spectrum of whatever topic I'm preaching on. In, In other words, I'm trying to get most of you to express your worship to God more. Probably 99% of us could express our worship to God more. Let me just clarify, though. There's probably about 1% of you that are okay where you are. Okay? You don't need to express your worship more. So don't get all pumped about this. Say, yes, I've been waiting to run around the sanctuary. And the pastor said I should. No, you shouldn't. And let me explain to you, you can be distracting in your worship. And you don't want to be, and I know you don't want to be. But let me explain to you what would be distracting. If, if my friend was the only one shouting and clapping and jumping up and down and no one else was doing it, the reason it wasn't distracting is because everyone was doing it. Here's my heart. When we sing, let's all sing. When we clap, let's all clap. When Pastor Thomas says, let's shout to the Lord, let's all shout to the Lord. But let me give you a clue about how you might be distracting. If you're shouting and no one else is shouting at the time, that could be distracting to people, all right? So, I'm just putting my little disclaimer in there. It's only for a few of you, but we want to worship God. If you want to go to a new level, you need to understand, it's right to express your worship to God. It's wrong not to, because the Bible commands us to. Here's the third thing I want to tell you. Expressing our worship takes us to a new level. Expressing our worship takes us to a new level. Luke 17, verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice, a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Now, we, I told you a moment ago to hold on to that last verse because it said, Jesus said to him, you've been made well. We talked about all ten of these guys going to a new level. But do you understand that one of them went to a, a whole nother level? Because he came back and worshipped God even more, glorified God even more, went to a whole nother level. And it says, your faith has made you whole. You know what the Greek word there is? It's sozo. Now, I know that doesn't mean a lot to you if you haven't studied Greek before, S-O-Z-O. But let me tell you another verse where that, that, that word is used. Romans 10.13 says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be sozo, saved. Made whole. Listen to me. This guy, because he took his worship to a whole nother level than the other nine, nine got healed, one got saved. Jesus said, your faith has made you whole, made you well, or so-so saved you. So we're talking about going to a whole nother level. I've gone to another level in worship. I know the first time I lifted my hands like this, I went to a new level. But when I began to lift like this, I went to a new level. And then I remember when I, I was in a church service one time, and the presence of God came in so strongly, and people actually began to bow down in His presence. I mean, bow down right there in church. And I talked to the Lord out loud sometimes, and I to myself, I'm talking to the Lord, and I said to Him, God, this is great. This is great. People actually bowing down in Your presence in church. And He said to me, what are you doing standing up? <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, boy, just, you know, Lord, and people will look, and... You know, it's like he said to me, do we have to have the am I worthy speech again, you know? No, we don't, Lord, you are. And I remember bowing down and going to a whole other level in worship. Listen, this guy comes back and cries out with a loud, 
voice in front of everybody. Uh, now, I want to ask you something. He'd just been healed of leprosy. Was this an appropriate expression of his gratitude? Sure it was. Sure it was appropriate. Maybe you don't understand about leprosy. This man couldn't have a job. He couldn't live with society. He lived in a leper colony outside of town. He couldn't socialize. He couldn't go to any type of social events. If he had a family, he never saw his family again once he contracted leprosy. They had to stay a certain distance away. They could come to the edge of town, stand there, his wife, his little boy, his little girl, stand there and wave at Dad, wave at Dad. He never kissed his wife goodnight again if he had leprosy. He never tucked his daughter in. He never went to his son's ball game. Do you understand why this guy came back and cried out with a loud voice? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Why? Because he got his life back. Now, if you don't hear anything I say this morning, I want you to hear this. I am that man. I'm that man. Jesus, when Jesus saved me, I got my life. I got my family because I'm saved. And listen, when this band starts worshiping, I don't really care what you think. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to express my worship to God. And I'll tell you something else. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. You are that man too. You are that woman. And Jesus is worthy of every expression of worship that you could give him. You want to go to a new level in your relationship with him? You just start engaging. That's really what I'm talking about. Not just expressing outwardly. Engage in worship. You'll go to a new level. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you today through this message? Allow the Lord just to speak to you. I understand that maybe you came from a background like I did. It's not a bad background. Just a background that it's kind of different to do something like this. I understand that. I'm telling you, you know you are here today by divine appointment. You know God is calling you to go to a new level in your spiritual walk. I'm asking you, are you going to obey? Are you going to do what God's telling you to do so you can go to a new level? Holy Spirit, I pray that you would apply this message to each of our lives. And I pray that each of us will go to a new level in our walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen.